0: Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, October 25th. Happy Travel Tuesday and happy National Greasy Foods Day. Hearing that just takes me back to my 2 a.m. nights in college and feasting on fast food burgers and good good, good time. So we've got a great show for you today. We'll be talking some big travel news around the world of the industry. And joining me now is Tyson Wharton, owner of Sioux Empire Travel. Welcome back to the show, Tyson. Good to have you, man. What's your go-to greasy foods?
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Go-to greasy foods, definitely burgers. Uh, But bacon, 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 bacon.
0: Slather him up with some bacon there. All right, then. Yeah, these National Days, they're they're certainly interesting out there. There's, There's a lot out there. I get an email every night on that. Today's also Chucky the Notorious Killer Doll Day. So... He gets his own day crazy. Uh, watch out for that little crazy doll, I guess. It's uh spooky right. season still. So Tyson and I are going to dive into the top travel pet peeves and the worst types of passengers a little bit later in the show. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with where a lot of the people in the industry were over the last few days was the ALGV Ascend Conference. So Apple Leisure Group Vacations just held their this is the fourth time they held their Ascend conference. It's the second time in Cancun, Mexico, at the Cancun Center. Tyson, it was your uh, first first time attending, man. Your thoughts on being there?
1: I had a couple days to reflect on this conference, um, and I did the pre-FAM as well, uh, so I got to learn a little bit more. And I wrote down three things through my notes, grateful, intentional, and connected. That's kind of the biggest um, three things I took away from, from the whole thing is, uh, just gratitude for learning from all these people, being around all those people and then being spoiled, um, by ALG. And then, uh, intentional, I, I, um, it got my mind right. I took some classes that really got my mind where it needed to be. Um, and it was just some self love and self healing, um, that I needed after COVID. Um, and now I'm connected to hundreds of, amazing uh, advisors and influencers and all sorts of people that have really just kind of helped me grow over the past week
0: i love that yeah the whole new purpose for algv is on a you know a company that cares essentially we care for people so that they can be their best i was ray snitsky group president said uh, it was nearly a 1000 people attending the event. It was a great show. They had over 79 workshops for advisors to tune into to you know, for educational purposes. And Scott Wiseman, the senior vice president and general manager of ALGV said, was telling me in an interview that, you know, this is essentially like a a masterclass going through a masterclass live for a couple days. So I think it's great what they do. And you know, the care that they have for advisors on that, I put up a recap of the story, you can check out the conference recap on travelpulse.com And also did a video interview with Scott. So He's a great dude. So I really appreciated all of that. It was, it was, you know, it's just great to connect with people. That's what these industry events are all about. And I think it's important that, you know, as advisors too, you guys stay on top of those. And I think there's a lot out there to choose from for sure. And everyone, you know, if you're in your host agency, you probably have one of that. But there's other ones to get out to too. And there's other ones to apply for. And there's there's lots of different ones. So it's good that I am um, you know, I was glad to reconnect with you, Tyson, and you a great chance to meet new people as well. So shout out to Marlene. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Marlene. Uh, Marlene told me that she listens uh, while mowing the lawn, and I freaking love that. And I'd love to know where you guys are listening right now. You can shoot me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Love to hear from where you guys are at. Leave a review of the show if you like it. Uh, if you dislike it, sure, I guess do that too, but whatever. I'm not I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. You do you. Do you. But if you dislike the show, then you know, you're still listening right now. I appreciate that. But uh, shoot me an email and tell me why. And we'll we'll have a chat. But um, anyway, it's, um, there's a lot of news too about uh, from the conference. So ALGV doubling their investment uh, in technology to provide a lot of tools for advisors out there. And a pretty popular topic I heard amongst a lot is, you know, the whole expansion stuff. They're doing more in Europe. So expect a lot more resorts under the ALGV brand coming in Europe expansion there. And a lot of people wanting to know, you know, with the, the Hyatt partnership going on, is there something that's going to be in the works with like the hyatt Ziva and Zillara and Playa Resorts and everything? So in an executive panel, Ray Snitsky had mentioned that they could be adding in Playa. And he said, what I can share about it is that there are some discussions going on right now, and it's more far reaching than Playa and ALGV. There are some other discussions about Playa and Hyatt overall. So I'm cautiously optimistic but I don't have anything else to share definitively, end quote. So that would be big for advisors. I know you'd be a fan of that, type.
1: Yes. Uh, Playa is one of my top brands. I think they do an amazing job, and I would love to see them under ALGB, for sure.
0: Yeah, it was met with a rounding uh, of applause when he did talk about that in the executive panel uh, in front of a lot of advisors there. So I know that... You are not alone in that regard, there too. And you know, just speaking of all-inclusives, they keep growing. Just yesterday, we had an announcement from Marriott, and they announced a management agreement with Grupo Punta Cana and Mac Hotels to begin construction on the W All-Inclusive Punta Cana and Uvero Alto, an adults-only all-inclusive property in the Dominican Republic. So the hotel is expected to be the first W Hotels property in the market and one of the first W all-inclusive resorts globally. It will feature 349 guest rooms with balconies and plunge pools, as well as several suites. So all-inclusive market keeps booming. It's growing. Travel's rebounding, too, even amid pricing woes. So we've got dwindling COVID restrictions right now. There are 118 countries and territories that welcome travelers from the United States without COVID-19 vaccination requirements, while another 109 still require testing, quarantines, or both for unvaccinated travelers, that is. Americans with a complete set of vaccine and booster shots can access 190 countries and territories without any testing restrictions. As a result, almost two thirds of the US travelers are planning a trip during the next three months. Love to see that. I mean, that's, you know, restrictions dropping is always good. And, you know, really, you got to look at the destination that, you know, opened up the the fastest with no restrictions. And that's Mexico. No surprise, it's thriving. Mexico's Cancun and Riviera Maya region is poised for its most successful year. And that region really isn't slowing down anytime soon. Tulum's going to have You know, a new airport coming up. You've got the Maya train that just announced a date that it said it will open up in December of 23. And also last week, new Aster research revealed that travel is a top priority for consumers with 77% of their in the survey saying Americans indicating that they would pick a vacation experience over a new computer, television, virtual reality, headset or gaming console, according to new consumer research from American Society of Travel Advisors. 48% of that also of the consumers feel that travel is the best investment compared to other discretionary spend categories right now, even more so than buying a new car. Love to see that. So Tyson, where are you at lately with, you know, your clients on how much you've even had to mention restrictions or testing? I'm sure you're getting a lot of interest, so you can feel to that, you know, asked as consumer data there. But airfare pricing is a dominating conversations. We did have the Southwest uh, CEO say that, He's warning that airfare prices are unlikely to drop anytime soon. So, what what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, airfare is a huge topic of conversation right now. I think there's some sticker shock when uh, you know somebody asks for quotes, um, and it's a lot different than it was. Um, but the question I get most often is, should I book now or should I wait and see if these drop? And every single time I said, I, prices haven't been dropping. So book now while you can find flights that uh, fit your budget. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't have a lot of um, questions about restrictions, mostly because I do all inclusives in Mexico and in the Caribbean, but um, I still uh, get a lot of uneasiness about it so they they're like sure if i go to the dominican i don't need this or i don't need that um and it, it's great that my clients are fully informed i just see people who don't have a travel advisor online and are asking these questions and that's what really makes me sad i guess
0: <laughs> yeah as it should be i mean they <laughs> if you were going to ask questions like that why not go to an expert for the answer right what is right
1: i mean there's some people that don't need they don't know you need the e-ticket to get into the Dominican, um, you know, so if you're not booking with a travel advisor and, and you're not up on all that stuff, you're going to get to the airport and figure out, oh, I was supposed to, you know, fill out a digital form to go to this country. So there are some changes that happen from COVID that I really think people need to be informed about, but the travel restrictions and testing, it's less of a hindrance, I think, on people. You know, so that's good.
0: Definitely good for the industry. Moving past that as a that was kind of uh, of 2021 a real you know shock for a lot of people. Obviously, you know late 2020 as things opened up. When we talk about you know Cancun and the Riviera Maya region and them you know thriving with business right now and they're going to continue to do so. So. Other places around the world, you know, Japan just opened up recently. So it's still restrictions in place there. A lot of places in Asia are, you know, restrictions. You're actually going to Thailand next week. So I can't wait to hear about that experience with, I mean, they're pretty much open for, for as far as that, but there are other destinations around there. So it's, it'd be interesting, you know, when the Asian market can come back, but it's it's all, you know, it's, it's building back up slowly, so but surely uh, along the world. And, you know, the fact that we can get to, uh, you know, 190 countries and territories without any testing restrictions right now, if you are vaccinated, that's good. And even for, you know, 118 countries that welcome travelers without any um, requirements. So that's there's yes. a lot open, you know, don't be afraid to travel right now is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, and, and they're even making it easier to travel. I mean, when we went to Cancun, um, you know, we didn't have to do the immigration forms. Uh, and that was really cool. Just have one less thing to worry about and do and fill out and all of that stuff. So they worked really well at the airport and got through slick.
0: I yeah, thought. seamless, seamless move there. And I didn't have, you know, very long lines of people trying to fill out the little form because they didn't do it on the plane or they didn't do it before they got in the line and all that. So, yes, yeah, much easier process there. And as we jump over to cruise news and what else is going on in the world, the cruise stuff, uh, some big things for Royal Caribbean last week, we had Royal CEO Michael Bailey said that he's optimistic for the future of cruising amid recession fears, saying, quote, cruise has a remarkably strong value proposition, high quality great value. And typically what we see when we go into these bumpy periods is that cruise does pretty well. A lot of people will continue to cruise because the value is so high. End quote. He did report that the company feels good about booking levels as it heads into the fourth quarter of 2022 and the beginning of 2023. And obviously bookings are going to continue to rise because wave season is always big. So that's good for the cruise industry. Um that, you know, level high level executives are feeling good. So Also, Royal Caribbean's bigger news, though, last week, they unveiled the first look at Icon of the Seas. It's scheduled to launch in late 2023 and will debut in January 2024, sailing seven night Eastern and Western Caribbean itineraries from Miami. And obviously, we'll visit Royal Caribbean's private island, Coco Okay, the perfect day. And it's a nearly 1200 feet long icon of the seas. It's going to have eight unique neighborhoods, including five all new concepts. We have a full report about all these new things. You can check it out at TravelPulse.com. But I do want to mention that it's going to include many at sea firsts. It'll have Thrill Island will boast a number of remarkable at sea first, including the largest water park at sea in category six, which will feature as many as six record breaking slides, and a gut-wrenching 66-degree incline pressure drop will be the industry's first open freefall slide. Guests can also test their courage on the 46-foot-tall frightening bolt, the tallest drop slide at sea. So Tyson, an epic new class of ships here headed for Royal Caribbean, making more and more of these world's largest ships out there. So what stands out to you about this ship? And I, I'm curious, do you think cruise ships are getting too big and over the top? Or is the constant trying to outdo the previous ship mentality good for the industry?
1: I think it's good for the industry right now. I mean, uh, they went through a lot during COVID Um, and there's some people that really like big ships and some people that really like small ships. So I think having all of the, um, all of the choices and options for travelers, this thing though, it's separated into eight neighborhoods. I mean, just calling it a neighborhood in itself and having eight of them and this water park, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be a really really cool ship. It makes me want to take my kids. I
0: mean 100%. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's a they they promote it up on the family values of uh for cruising. That's what Michael Bailey was saying about, you know, Royal Caribbean that, that they thrive on the, the family concept there and yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the bigger ships versus the smaller ships. There are a lot of people that have cruised for so many years now that they just really you know they've been to those destinations a bunch so you know maybe they visit their favorite spot really they just stay on the ship a lot so you're giving a lot of people more options on board to explore to you know maybe dip their toes in a, you know the private island for sure but um yeah it's amazing how many people just stay on the ship sometimes when they visit some of these ports because they've already been there so much and when you have so much on board there it's it's a lot you know i am pretty jazzed about these uh, at sea first though and the water park stuff that'll be really cool oh, for yeah, for absolutely. Families of all ages. Yeah. Lots of uh, dad bods out there that are going to (laughs) be all over that for sure. But
1: it's about.
0: (laughs) In other cruise news, uh, Carnival is moving to prevent guests from reserving lounge chairs. This is quite the thing on cruise ships. If you have been on ships, you definitely know that people try to reserve those spaces and they lay their towel there. But according to a story published by Cruise Radio, While Carnival hasn't necessarily revised its policy, it did make a note to its Frequently Asked Questions section of the website regarding the saving of deck chairs and deck chair hogs, if you will. So Carnival said, Carnival has a system designed to ensure that all guests are able to enjoy equal access to sun loungers by preventing seat saving in outdoor deck areas. Shipboard team members monitor sun lounge usage, and if they observe a seat that contains a towel or personal belongings but appears to be unoccupied, a notification is placed on the chair indicating the current time. If the chair remains unoccupied for 40 minutes, the contents are removed and held for the guest's safekeeping. And to quote. So Tyson, I love this. People need to quit hogging all these chairs on those small... I mean, cruise ship pools are not that big. There's not a whole lot of space there. It's fun. I mean, I'm not much of a pool guy when I'm on the ships. So I like the, the thrill aspects and the rides and definitely the food. But some people are still want to be all about those pool spaces and you know, there are some deck chair hogs out there.
1: Yep. And I really like this. Um, I've noticed all inclusives are doing this too. So I was at the, um, Ziva Cancun and there are actual signs out by the the beach that say, you know, if your stuff is left here for 40 minutes or, or whatever it is, we will take your stuff and put it, you know, behind the bar or, or whatever. So they're starting to um, the morning, um, staff are starting to see that and know what's going on and then removing, um, people's items. So that's really nice because that's happened to me at a couple of places where me and my wife just didn't get uh, a chair at all because they were full by 6am and I'm like, nobody is up at 6am.
0: Yeah. You, you got to set that alarm, dude. You got to pounce on that, man. <laughs> yeah. Heaven forbid that you sleep in on your vacation. Oh no. What? Yeah. <laughs> So, I, I do love that. And yeah, you make a great point about all inclusives because that is, can be an issue there too, if depending on the size and the space of the chairs and the access there. So, love that.
1: I hope, all the cruise, I hope all the cruise ships jump on this and start doing
0: that. Yeah, this definitely needs to be an industry thing, set a time limit. I think 40 minutes is too long, honestly. I think 30 minutes is good, but, you know, mm-hmm. well, anyway. <laughs> That pretty much wraps up what has been trending in travel, though. Any additional thoughts, you can drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to the theme on this week's show around travel pet peeves. So Tyson, just kick it off. What is your biggest travel pet peeve?
1: Yeah, I was trying to uh, think of some. I was thinking more. I get more uh, annoyed and um, anxious inside the airport than on the plane. But I I haven't had too many um, rude People next to me in, in the planes. But I guess my biggest thing is rude and entitled travelers, rude to flight attendants, like just not being respectful of cultures and people's space and all of that. Cause everybody's so crammed inside an airplane and, or, or in the airport. Um, and then my, my, but my big ones are people who don't tip. Um, <laughs> and kids
0: on leashes i i think it's insane kids on leashes yeah if you go to theme parks you are definitely gonna see that if you've never seen a kid on a leash just go to a massive theme park and chances are you probably see that and it's uh it's something as a yeah, as I'm a dad kidding. with a toddler i yeah as a dad with a toddler i have a two and a half year old and another on the way and i don't envision doing that i just i just can't
1: in the atlanta airport i saw a kid on a leash and then it started like this kid started running, and then the leash almost tripped like four people that were walking the opposite direction. You know how the Atlanta airport is; it's nuts. Yeah. So now then you're even like going to hurt other people in here. It's I don't know. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have a strong stance on using a leash for a child out there, you can drop me an email. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I personally don't think that you know. I, I wouldn't do it, but you know, I'm not going to judge you for you doing you and you living your life and you feeling the need to put your child on a leash uh, like a dog, but okay. Anyway, (laughs) my biggest travel pet peeve, I think, is probably the plane seats, man. I I flew back from Cancun from this ALGV conference and I sat on a window seat. That's my preferred seat. I like it. And this guy, you know, you do this every time when you get on planes, you know, you especially if you're there in the first one sitting in the row, you look and you look. And you're like, no, please don't be him. Please don't, please don't be her. No, no, no. Okay. All right. We're good. We're good. Oh, oh no, here it is. Here it is. You know, you want no one to be in the middle seat next to you and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this way. Like it's just, it, the plane experience should be much more enjoyable. I think, I mean, I take, I flew down, I got upgraded to comfort plus. It was very nice. I was in the aisle seat there, which was fine. The people next to me had to get up a few times. Didn't have any issues with that. That's not a pet peeve of mine. I understand you got to go to the bathroom. You got to do your thing, whatever. Not a big deal but you know, there's more space there. It's much easier to get up and everything. That should be the standard size of a seat in a plane. Okay. It should be just, I understand. I mean, inflation going on and pricing what it is. People are still traveling. People are still paying to travel. So I think if you raise those prices just to, because you have maybe a fewer, a couple less seats on board and you have fewer people because of the larger seats, people are still going to buy tickets. You know, cars can only take us so far. So get those plane seats bigger that that's one of my big pet peeves and this is more of like i guess a nitpicky thing it's not that big it's just a it's just a little weird thing to me i guess you can say it's a pet peeve i just don't understand this and maybe tyson you can chime in you saw a lot of all-inclusives and everything but mm-hmm. i see this i see it more just at the all-inclusive space really is why are they folding my toilet paper like whatever if you want to make a cute little thing you know when i first get there but when i when a guest is established in the room wha- you know, you have the mates come in. And they do their, you know, thing, and I really appreciate the turn down service, and I really appreciate, you know, the cleaning of everything. I'm, I'm good with all that, but I just don't understand why are you folding the edges of my toilet paper? Right? Yeah,
1: I've never <laughs> really got that either. I don't know what, what. Maybe that's uh like a luxury thing, maybe that I'm not used to. I don't know. Right? Yeah.
0: Am I not rich enough to know that like th- this is expected? of, I must have my toilet paper pressed no, and right. fine. Like, what is this? Oh, I don't, I don't understand that. So, it, I would love to know, listeners out there, how you feel about that. But moving along, other travel pet peeves. So there are, you know, worst vacation passengers out there. There's an airplane etiquette violation survey that came out from the Vacationer, and I'm just going to read off the. They listed their top. It was the top 16 uh, travelers and passengers here, and kicking the back of your seat came in at the top, along with drunk and disruptive, which goes along with you know what Tyson you were saying on the whole you know, being rude, I think. Um, So number three, smells from poor hygiene or too much cologne or perfume. Number four, inattentive parents, poor parenting. Number five, eating pungent or foul-smelling foods. Number six, hogs the armrests. Seven, reclines the seat fully in front of you. Eight, talks too much. Nine, boards or deep planes out of turn. Ten, listens to music or movies too loudly. Eleven, takes off shoes. Twelve, is flirting with you, passengers or flirting with the flight attendants. 13, gets up to use the restroom or stretch too much. 14, uses overhead bin space, many rows in front of the seat. And 15, overly affectionate couples. 16, lastly, requests too much from the flight attendants on that one. So which one do you think is the worst uh, to you here?
1: Yeah, I mean, rude covers a lot of them. So that's kind of an overarching, just don't be rude. Right. But the one that I've seen like, Arguments break out of that. I've, I've been on planes is number nine boards and deplaning out of turn. I have seen people run up and cut people off to get off the plane, and it just starts a lot of drama. Um, and then people start getting into arguments. And some, but uh, some people have to, you know, they, yeah, like,
0: you're trying to connect to get your connecting connects. flight. I get that, and people should just be more respectful of that. If, if, if you have that issue of connecting flight, I think you need to v- voice that better as you're hauling ass down the line there but a lot of that you know comes to the hostility of like we're just crammed in such a small space and we're very uncomfortable in these seats and you know that's going to lead to people being you know upset a little bit or they're just quicker to jump you know to their anger so maybe you know have some better seat designs and comfort experience maybe it won't be as bad but i mean you're still going to have those drunk and disruptive people or just people that are just playing jerks you know i'm a little surprised on this number that uh 11 taking the shoes off i thought that would be higher than 11 but that's yeah. what it is on know, the, on their survey results
1: yeah i mean a lot of, i've seen a lot of people wear flip-flops and stuff so i i've seen a lot of bare feet and planes so that doesn't bother me too much but i guess if you have a foot thing or if somebody has stinky feet you know, that's
0: yeah i mean good. that fits we know with the poor hygiene aspect so maybe that was you know coincided there but i don't know uh,
1: number m- number four inattentive parents or poor parenting offense anybody don't at me bro but uh that at least just goes right on with that one i
0: think indeed so but as we move along and just further talk about pet peeves i want to get you know that so that was kind of our consumer approach of us as travelers and everything but what's your biggest pet peeve as an advisor whether it's client related supplier related kind of what uh what grinds your gears besides the obvious of travelers not using an advisor because we we know that that is ridiculous out there and Yeah. Yeah. We, Mm -hmm. we, we preach the, the love of, uh, you got to use an advisor people.
1: Yeah. I guess my biggest pet peeve for being a travel advisor is if if I have clients, I try to be a good advisor and in my notes say, Hey, let's not go too hard on your first night. Let's, uh, it's going to be hot, drink lots of water, um, that type of stuff. So My biggest pet peeve is if you're not taking care of yourself on vacation because so many bad things can happen when you're in a foreign country that you should be taking um, really good care of yourself and respecting the cultures that you're in, um, knowing that you're not in the United States of America. You're in a foreign country and they might not um, be used to the same things you're used to even in your state. Um, let alone in the United States. So those are my two big things as an advisor. Just respect the culture and where you're at and don't be rude to anybody. Be
0: nice. Right, be kind. Be kind. It's, be yeah, kind. the power of being kind, right? Yes. It's it's just so important, especially with everything going on today. Like, just just be kind. You, we don't know what's going on with other people. And I know we were, you know, just making comments about other other things and, like you know, being a little judgy, I guess, in, in sense. So I apologize if we offended anyone in any way, but uh, certainly, you know, if... If you're out there and with the pet peeve thing too, Tyson, I want to know, like, do you get a lot of calls from clients while they're on vacation? Like, Is that a pet peeve of people who are just like constantly calling you or contacting? Are you okay with that? Does that come with the territory?
1: Yeah, I tell, I give my cell phone number to all my clients and I say, Hey, if there is a problem, please let me know. And luckily I haven't had, um, any clients with, you know, ridiculous. If I get a call, it's, it's a, it's an emergency type of thing. So, um, but I've I've uh, known travel agents that get calls about every five seconds about every little nitpicky thing, and I was like, "Well, that's your clientele."
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that that kind of makes me wonder of the topic of like knowing when to drop a client. You know, and that 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 kind of fits with if you do have pet peeves about particular clients, there. Like, do you have to address that? Do you have to ever come across that? You know, that's a topic that you'd have to discuss internally with you know with your supports team and everything that would be, would be dicey right it's got to be difficult yeah absolutely so what about uh, your advice or any tips for overcoming pet peeves and just not letting things get to you you know do do clients bring up their pet peeves to you at all
1: oh uh, yeah sometimes i i have a whole list of tips and tricks that i always even through my travels um like to give to my clients so they don't make the same mistakes that either i've made or i know other people have made in the past my clientele when they're traveling they have a good experience. The, the times where I'm traveling and I see people having a bad experience, nine times out of 10, I ask them and they don't have anybody watching their back. So maybe that's the, that's the point is maybe travel has changed. And if you're not an expert and you want a vacation or to travel without that anxiety, without that craziness, just get somebody that has your back. You know, um, and that's what travel advisors are for. We we have your back every step of the way. And if a pet peeve comes up, we know how to handle it because most likely we've been in that exact same position.
0: A hundred percent agreed on that, man. So as we just wrap up here, any final general advice to, you know, our travel advisor listeners out there and how they can deal with, you know, pet peeves in, in travel and travel and their business and, in, and their regular travels and, and, and dealing with their clients or, or dealing with suppliers.
1: Yeah, just keep going. Always keep going. Um, be kind and be grateful for for what you're doing and always participate. Um, I think every advisor that was at the Ascend Conference is 10 times better of an advisor now than they were when they first got to King Kong because of what they've learned experienced and saw uh i i saw nine resorts um and now i can sell resorts that i previously didn't sell because they were amazing when i went to them um so participate in everything you can in the industry get involved
0: i love that man excellent advice and i really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and dealing with i know you just got back from a trip and you're about just about to go on another trip so thank you again for taking time and uh, sharing some insights and wisdom on travel man
1: oh hey thanks for having me i can't wait to hang out with you in mexico or somewhere soon
0: yeah man we'll have to figure out something for 2023 travels because i will be my next trip is for the travis awards so stay tuned for that coming up in november and also cruise world coming there and then I'll be shutting her down for the end of the year, getting ready for baby Bowman number two, very excited to take some paternity leave. So there'll be a fewer shows in December out there for the listeners out there, but I will do a close up wrap up into the year show because those are always fun. We got to look back on what a wild and interesting year it was for 2022.
1: Absolutely. And congrats on everything.
0: Thanks Tyson. I really appreciate it, man. So that wraps it up for what we have here on the travel pulse podcast this week. Thank you guys for listening and email the show podcast at travelpulse.com if you'd like to be on there. If you want to talk sponsorship stuff for 2023, reach out and we'll get that conversation rolling. So thanks again for listening, everyone. Have a great week.